0: You're listening to AI Impressions with hosts Kate Dudzik, Eric Yensu, and John Diltz. A podcast for the curious, where we explore the spaces between ones and zeros. Yeah, exactly. yeah seriously. <laughs> um, no, I feel like long weekends are kind of like... The most hectic of the weekends because you have to cram all these social obligations into like four days, and everyone's like, "But it's a long weekend. Of course, you can make time." And it's like, "Sweetie, I want to sleep."
1: I hid. I just you know, I always laugh here in the states and everything. It's Labor Day yeah. weekend. You know, everyone says, "You know, it's vacation." No, no, no. We call it Labor Day weekend because we all do labor around the house. <laughs> I mean, I did a whole new front exactly. entry and stuff like that. Oh, nice, <laughs> so it's truly a Labor it's Day crazy. for us. Jeez,
2: Louise. <laughs> oh
0: man. Where was that wedding you it was went on, to?
2: Uh, Niagara on the lake.
0: <gasps> oh, that's oh, nice. beautiful.
2: Yeah, it was pretty good. It was a vineyard was that vineyard? So it was just vineyard to vineyard.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so excited to see pictures. Yeah, see some.
2: That
0: sounds good. Yeah, beautiful. it was a good time. Amazing. Uh, so welcome everyone to another episode of AI Impressions. We are your hosts. Kate Dudzik,
2: Eric Yensu, John Diltz.
0: Today, we are going to be talking about symbols and signs. So Mm. a lot digging deep into how do thoughts get passed along in AI, and what is a symbol, and what are symbol recognition systems or symbol processing systems, and all of this jazz. And one of the really cool things that or one of the really cool things about this discussion is that semiotics, the field of studying symbols actually comes from anthropology, which a lot of people do not associate with artificial intelligence at all. You know, this cultural study, this, you know, um, ethnographic representation of cultures or participant observation, and all of these techniques in anthropology are actually a lot of the foundations of some of the ways we think in artificial intelligence and design.
2: That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I, I always think when it comes to sim, symbols, are always ancient, and even in terms of, in recent history, they become like super ubiquitous. You no, know? even like a stop sign, no matter where where you are. So that's an interesting uh, thing to hear.
1: It's it's funny we use it in, in programming. There's some there's a number of languages. Ruby being the one that comes to mind mostly. Um, that you know, symbol is a key data type that we pass around uh, in order to you know handle you know just data throughput and you know causal effect and that type of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, it's it's interesting how it gets reused. I know when I started studying Japanese a number of years ago, you know it it was weird because all of a sudden my programming and my music backgrounds you know because music notes symbols it's really what it is. know all of a sudden it's sort of coming full circle on me and i'm like wow the world is really small (laughs) and we really have not changed that much
0: no that's so true and i i love that you're saying that because symbols and signs they really come down to you know the level that we're looking at them and the meaning we prescribe to them right like um Clifford Geertz, an anthropologist from, let me just make sure I'm right about this one, 1966. He he did a lot of work in semiotics and he changed much of how we see culture and kind of cultural practices by recognizing that a lot of communication in this area is through symbols. And one of the, the kind of big moments of his study in this area was the difference between thin description and thick description. And I think this is a really interesting place to start because thin description is kind of like, say we want to look at a wink, I think is the example he gave. So a twitch of the eyelid resulting in a reflex to close a single eye in a singular rapid motion versus thick description, which would be a wink. A physical action carrying a culturally and situationally relevant meaning that is known to cultural participants that could indicate, say, joking or satire or being enticing or endearing.
2: Yeah, that's very interesting And in terms of, yeah, like what you're saying, like symbols can be, to go back to anthropology, symbols can be so cultural that one thing Mm -hmm. in one uh, demographic can mean another, a, a fully other thing, and maybe that that leads to um, a lot of like miscommunication or people being very tight, being able to communicate things in uh, a covert way, even by terms of using like slang or or symbols, as you say. Like, yeah, this is interesting.
1: You make me think of like graffiti tags. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, just identify the artist and stuff, you know, that type of thing. It's probably way off base, but yeah, you know, it it, in the same breath, it's not. I mean, it's an identifying thing. Yeah, in terms of,
0: it's all about.
1: No, I'm just thinking of
2: in terms of like, I feel like even those symbols, some people think can be very like basic. Uh, they say more Mm -hmm. than words. Like if I was to think about like certain popular artists and even in terms that are tied to certain symbols, you could think of like Pink Floyd or even like the Wu-Tang Clan or even like Rolling Stones, right? Like it becomes super, super symbolic. Yes. Oh, 100%. The
1: the, the lips and tongue, yeah, that's so great. So wait, so that actually brings up, because I would look at that more as iconography you know, where, you know, is, is there a similarity between the two, the, you know, the, the non-linguistic identifier, you know, everyone knows the apple logo for instance and everything. And to me, that's just an icon, but would that also be a symbol or is it one in the same? Okay.
0: So that's actually a really, really important point. And I'm glad you brought it up because it's something I do want to touch on before we get there. I want to kind of circle back to what you were saying about the, the graffiti or you know how how so many cultures can have so many different meanings behind something and that in essence hits on to me the most important point which is that we prescribe meaning to symbols we decide what we think it means based off of the context the situation the environment could even be the person you know the the other day um a not very endearing kind of gave me the creep vibes person on the street gave me a wink and if that had been say one of my my girls one of my friends there like it would be like oh hey what's up you know it'd be kind of cheeky but because of the person it came from I was like oh okay do you know where I live now this is not ideal okay fine (laughs) you know like And so um, there's a lot of different aspects that kind of get highlighted about how we process information when we think about how we process symbols, right? So when we think about language or what's being said to us, we look at the person who's speaking, we look at the environment in which they're speaking it, the context, what are they trying to say? And like you said, slang and colloquialisms, they're so bound to context-specific instances, right? And so To answer your question about iconography, I think it's important to kind of go through what the difference between signs and symbols are. And this was always kind of a little bit confusing to me when I first walked into this area because they seem so intrinsically bound, right? But in essence, signs are devoted to a culturally singular meaning, mostly unambiguous to participants so which which can in some cases be reappropriated by a subgroup of the culture for another different distinct singular alternate meaning versus symbols which can carry a much more complex diverse and rich meaning set so this is often indicative of abstract concepts such as figurative ideas thoughts or knowledge pieces and we have to care about this because symbols are the foundation of communication right so beyond cultural symbols, they, they comprise our ability to think, survive, and actually produce language, because sound is a symbol. The way that we link sound together to create utterances, those are also symbols. They're just bigger chunks. You know, uh, we want a product and brand, like you said, the, the Apple logo, to symbolize predetermined rewards or a specific product in mind that then resonates with you, right? And this is like a huge part of everything we have in our society and culture.
2: Yeah. Like to speak to what you're saying, though, I think um, there's so many different, like, we're all glasses folks, but there's so many different lenses we can look at. Oh, there's so many different yeah. lenses we can look at. So according to what you're saying in terms of, Symbols and anthropology, and cultural associations with it. I would argue that since we live in 2023 AD, that generations before, like from generations ago, these symbols must already have had their ubiqu- their, their interpretation already. So I feel like mm-hmm. not as like in terms of like branding and things, we can attach meanings to symbols but I think those are more of reinterpretations. These symbols must already mean something that actually activates something in our subconscious and genetic code if they've been around for a long time.
0: Oh, actually pause for a second. Okay. You brought up a really interesting point, which is, is there ever an original idea? So that in itself is is a fascinating component, but I think the, the difference of what I'm trying to say and, and the point that you're bringing up, which is absolutely really important. You're right. Um, like Apple's, for example, also had a meaning pre-Apple the product. But when we see Apple the product symbol with the chunk taken out in the context that we do, it is a sign because it has that product link to it, right? Even though there
1: is... You gotta remember too that their logo yeah. changed. I know, it used to be basically a silhouette of Isaac Newton underneath the apple tree. Did
0: it really? I didn't know this. This is news yeah.
1: to me. Yeah. I mean, it was a really complicated logo back in the day when they first yeah. came out, but it was Isaac Newton sitting underneath the apple tree. And, and that was the apple logo at their beginning. Um, look it up. Yeah. I don't know, it's, 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 pretty cool. Did you know this uh, works? Yeah, on, um, like what's that? Am I the only <laughs> one who's like shook right like, now? Well, so
2: <laughs> it's so funny because like coming from like the film side of things like yeah. um, I'm and, and talking about this and talking about symbols like so when I'm making the film and I have yeah. some sort of like perspective I, I become a programmer I know how to use symbols to program emotions and reactions from you and, and, and Ooh, associations yeah. to lead you in a certain direction and many times I like many times I could have a symbol but that could almost have uh two double meanings double meanings like for example i and also i try to activate ancient meanings like for example i had um a film concept and shot a proof of concept uh about a guy who finds this watch and he tries to discard it but it's some sort of magical watch and it keeps following him and eventually he decides to take it and when he has this watch, it's an old school Casio watch, it sets to five minutes, and now he can see a five minute timer under, over people's heads, like the last five minutes they have to live. And to embody this thing about time and all this, I call this series Chronos, Because Chronos that. is the That's god funny. of time and chronology and all these things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you can use these ancient symbols to like activate, activate the subconscious and DNA and all these anthropologic uh, programming. Because that's Mm -hmm. one thing in which is uh, undeniable in terms of who's interpreting, quote, unquote, original things that nobody is original, nobody, nobody created themselves. You
1: know, it's it's funny, I mean, you can, you can dig into faith based Mm -hmm. as well. You know, I mean, the symbolism in all faiths, every faith has something. But the one thing that that has consistently surprised me is being someone who enjoys history, especially, you know, um, with faith-based history and understanding religions or cultures in that aspect it is the appropriation of those symbols by other people for other means. Um, I won't name a particular World War II, you know, bastard. Um, but you know, that symbol is a faith-based, symbol and forever will be attributed to genocide, which is sad. Um, oddly, as a, as a woodworker, too, that symbol is actually a classical symbol that we would use in balustrades or backs of chairs, and you know, uh, it was just kind of a sign of uh, you know, craftsmanship, um, you know, um, looking like Chippendales and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like 17th, 18th century, and again, appropriated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I find that, that fascinating because it's kind of, you know, I, I bring it up, you know, based on Eric, you, you're saying that, you know, you, you look at symbols and you can use them in different, different ways, or even, you know, multiple contexts at the same mm-hmm. time Eric, in, in I'm a programmer, I'm an engineer, mm-hmm. you know, the world's binary, at least until, you know, we actually get quantum computers to work and we understand, you know, quantum superposition which i'll talk about later um the concept of of this or that Mm -hmm. that in probabilities doesn't Mm -hmm. exist it's either it is or it Mm -hmm. isn't how does this you know the human interpretation the cognitive interpretation of symbols what is the translation into a symbolic ai when you don't have that gray area so to speak so this is really because i find it it is
0: really fascinating and i think first of all we touched on a lot of points here and i absolutely love where we're going with this and you know eric when you brought up kind of the film component and the multiple meanings and the ability to create pathways to multiple you know, connections across the use of a symbol is, is really beautiful. And I think it speaks to Donald Davidson's distinction between speaker and hear dynamics. And I always loved this, and I think it bleeds into what John, you were saying as well. So Davidson proposed that we have speaker hear dynamics, which is essentially me as a speaker. I hold this weird abstract symbolic meaning in my head. And it's my job to present it in a way that's constructed for my hearer to understand it as best as possible. So whether that be like an abstract painting in in the symbolic representation that you're creating through film uh, or or what have you, it's kind of the, the whole process of being that speaker and putting together these symbols, even right now, that's what I'm doing because I'm literally speaking. So I'm putting together chunks of sound to get the thoughts in my head, which are, you know, these electrical signals and, you know, all these different connections going on between information processing, storage, blah, blah, blah to my hearers. And then you as the hearers or the people watching the film or the people interpreting the art, their role that they're taking on by engaging with the speaker is to then try to understand what's being presented to them in the best way possible that they presume is the best way possible from what they have in their toolbox to understand not only what the speaker is giving to them, but then to build connections within the context or environment or situation that could be considered related to what's being presented by the speaker. I, w- I always found this really fascinating because it opens so many doors, especially when you think about AI and, you know, reminding everyone who's listening this actually really is about AI and we are essentially symbolic processing units as humans. You know, a lot of our forefathers did use that as the, the first kind of metaphor when building artificial intelligence and computers and sorry i can see your gears turning there eric uh i'll pass the mic no
2: it's um i'm listening to everything you're saying and then like i'm getting uh, I like conversating with you guys is that i just start getting greater insights about life like because we're we're passing things back and forth but like so this is what's like so crazy because uh in terms of like <laughs> physics and all these things and like we're now seeing a certain interpretation of ourselves and a husk of flesh but like you know it's it's scientifically determined that we're we're all made of energy we're all made of energy oh yeah so
0: this reminds me of a conversation we had uh, at jimmy's coffee we were talking about that you know just being these wild energy machines and in this flesh body like Like, we're like
2: like like we know what we look like as i said like we have our own eyes but when you put on an infrared, you can see like how we look in different ways. Right. The terms of what kind of lens we're looking yeah. at. So the thing that's so, so I like to use symbols cause like, so this is the thing, like in terms of when we talked about, um, before and past episodes, as you guys would know, when we talk about certain fear against like the AI revolution, mm. it's because of how powerful oh, yeah. the tool is and we all know power when it comes to society. When it comes to politics, yeah. people are talking about power and many people, depending.
1: Yeah. And, it, and it's funny, mm-hmm. though. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get too far, but it, it's not a power. You know, and I, I struggle with that when people use that term. It's not. Anyway, it. A.I. is horribly stupid when you really break it down you know, in its most simplest, of, yeah. you know, components. The, the maths behind it have been with us for yeah. in some cases, centuries. And what we're dealing with is a speed thing. And it's a perception thing. It's the AI has okay. kind of created its own system. So to counter, if you will. They're, so they're to counter, to words uh, here.
2: counter your argument, because we use different terms right. because, because mm, sure. like you use the term speed and that's the thing I say power, cause like to calculate yes. power. It's force. It's a force. That's the thing about AI. And like it's, a, it's a force. Good old Einstein. You know what I mean? And then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, like okay. this is even, and that's what's so funny. Like it has its own butterfly effect. It's not the thing itself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But just that force, and then what direction something can go in. Because, like, for example, it's so funny because you see the painting behind me.
0: Yeah. So it's So it's
2: like symbolic and symbol. As I was going to say, symbols are so powerful because not only do they project meanings, you can apply your own meaning back and forth with it. You can have this personal relationship with a symbol. So it's so funny in terms of AI, cause this is like an old photo. And, uh, I would ask like, what do you, so I'd already say like, so that's a horse on a train track mm-hmm. going toward, uh, uh, a train. And um, I feel like this like represents something like my mindset sometimes, like the spirit book. I would ask both of you because <laughs> we have a symbol right We're here. All on
1: a crash course somewhere. What right? does that yeah.
2: picture mean to you? And we'll just do quickly. Well, what does that picture mean to you? And I'll tell you if you don't know, like what the artist was trying to project with that uh, picture
1: mm-hmm. right, right behind me. That's so a, awesome. this is a
2: good lesson because once you actually apply a lens, like you you're about to put something into the zeitgeist. That's like a real thing. Once you go, you apply your own meanings to it. It's substantial already. So I want to know what what you think.
1: You know, it, it's funny you say that and it, it, it brings up other imagery into my head, because to me, it's a challenge editing. And I think about in World War One, when the Polish stood up against early tanks with just cavalry and swords or the individual in Tiananmen Square. Mm-hmm. Interesting to me, it's that small person challenging a much larger thing who's clearly going to win. I like you're that. Challenge
2: it. And what, do you, what do you got, Kate?
1: Ooh.
0: Um, it's so funny being in this conversation, my brain is spinning in a hundred different directions. It's like, is the train even real? <laughs> you know, uh, is it perceived fear or is it? running along a course and seeing something that may or may not exist it's almost like a schrodinger's painting to me (laughs) but uh i i really like that interpretation of of charging at something that will inevitably hurt or destroy you and doing it anyways but to me it's almost like do it scared do it anyways
2: you know that's amazing like in terms of uh you're going so that means you know this artist alex colville which is a canadian artist who so funny when he's talking about world war one like he was a world war one veteran john (laughs) and it's so funny that we see like this art but like the basis for first basis for his art was shapes and the reason he's an animal lover that's why there's a a thing in there but it's symbolic and what the symbol is Mm. is the, the human spirit going against the incoming force of new technology, of new technology. It's like what we're talking about, like kind of now, Mm. but the craziest part. Yeah. It's funny because
1: that, that would be key because world war one, that was really where the proliferation of the horseless carriage, you know, occurred was right prior to that yeah. during that depending on where you are the the thing world, that's so crazy what i can to. tell you is that
2: so. the horse represents the, the human spirit in terms of like upcoming technology and i'll tell you one thing the horse mm-hmm. is gonna win that's the thing about that that thing the what i changed with you guys the horse yeah looks more powerful than the train
0: mm-hmm that forced perspective absolutely does but one thing that i want to kind of bring up here is that i don't see it as a this versus that and as much as i really love the endurance components of that i think one of the hardest parts to dispel in people is this binary belief system where it's like zero or one it's all or nothing it's it's black or it's white and Trying to introduce the, oh, there's a gray area. It's actually like a four dimensional sphere of like color, you know, and there's all these different perspectives or moments in between zero and one. There's 0.011. There's, zero, you know, there's all these other angles and perspectives because a lot of the power per se behind the idea of AI or the introduction of new technology is often what's not understood. And it's that fear of the unknown, the fear of what is not understood or presented. And quite honestly, we talk about power, part of the reason why so many people developing AI or using computer science uh, profit, even when their product is inferior or not very good, or just like replicated code, copy and pasted from something else is because they hold the wool over the eyes of so many. You know, there's not a lot of transparency. And that's one of our missions here at AI Impressions is to create transparency. And I think we almost do it to ourselves, right?
1: Well, it goes back to, you know, we're we're seeing a similar response that I would say that, and I'm a little older than you guys, but, you know, going in through the late eighties, early nineties, when we started getting into, you know, renewables and you know, green movements and stuff yeah. like that. There was, there was a term that got thrown around in the, in the nineties and the early not of greenwashing Anyway, And I'm seeing that that same type of, I, I didn't really draw the correlation until right now, but I'm seeing that same type of uh, rhetoric with, with AI. Anyway, where, you know, just because you got dot AI at the end of your URL, iterate you, you must be really Freaking smart really or something not like that. that. And, you know, I tell people, you know, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm an AI engineer. And they immediately glaze over. I've stopped actually telling people that I work with computers. Don't worry about it. Move next thing, yeah. because all of a sudden, despite I'm, chances are I'm not, I'm immediately put into being the smartest in the room. And that also makes me the most lonely individual. <laughs> in the
2: room. <laughs> so my question would be though, in terms of an oncoming force. From your guys' perspective, and like another part of like why we're doing this is that is AI going like it's not going anywhere per se. Like it's mm-hmm. that, and that's no. and that's no. what I think the prolifer- yes. the proliferation exactly. has only been so begun. from the human perspective of some force or wave yeah. coming. It is like there's nothing wow. you can do to avoid it. So it's not in terms of being in opposition. It means Like Mm -hmm. it's so funny because okay, this is like kind of bizarre, right? So today's Thursday, September seventh, and as we're moving forward through this day, Friday, September eighth, is there's is coming at us.
0: It's It's that that train, train. and that's what I
2: mean. (laughs) Even though they're two different things, it's like the future is something in terms that's. I I think that's where the trepidation comes because. Not only is AI yeah. attached to the future, but nobody can escape the future. Mm-hmm. The future is well, that's towards
0: you. Right.
1: But, but there's also- okay. yeah, I wanna say
0: something here. Um, when computers were first introduced into the workforce, so many people freaked the fuck out because their skills of being able to index the filing system and you know manage things like Nobody else, it made them unique. It made them good at their job. And the idea of a computer program, organizing all those files for them made them feel like they were going to lose everything. And in reality, a lot of those people ended up adapting to include those computer systems, to include computers in their work and manage all those files with expertise in a more efficient, optimized way that still kept their job, still needed their expertise, but made it better. And it was that kind of personal attachment, I think as well, to what makes you good at what you do or puts food on the table or that survival instinct as well, that has a lot of people thinking the worst or even catastrophizing, which makes it very hard to imagine how you can bring AI in to support what you do and leverage your expertise, because you're so caught in that fear response to this unknown, dangerous thing that you're imagining, you know, flashes of hell and the matrix and shit, you know, going through your head. And uh, I, I think you're right in saying it's very much the train to a lot of people. And part of the problem is it's not even a train, but it may be like a mirage or a hallucination, you know, that you. You made up the train and it's really just like a little goat grazing on the side of the tracks or something, yeah. you know? And right now, like John said, it's not very it's still in its infancy. I don't want to say it's stupid, but it's, it's it's
1: it's in its infancy. I think one of the funny things is is are we creating a cult of personality here? You know, is this the propaganda, you know, is mm-hmm. this you know, are we creating the the, the romanized god kings you know those types of things from history with this you know i just read an article this week iterate about someone you know i think it was on insider and the, the headline was so sensationalized i already lost my job to ai and when you when you read the article it this is a person who pushed back in a you know automation makes us better. I mean, I always go back to, you know, Henry Ford and the assembly oh, line, yeah, I mean, you know, wow. for early, you know, or, you know, the, 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 cotton gin or the textile industries, you know, from up in, um, up in New England, you know, all of those, they're all just forms of automation. It, 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 it made for And the key is it creates a better life balance. It makes your job less dangerous, yeah. less tedium, Quite possibly, you know, just, you know, you'd be able to stay in the job longer, you know, oh. those types of okay. things, you, so that, those that's where AI is heading. And we need to, th- we, we, that's a perspective, that actually, for me. Uh, that's a symbol of AI, if you will, yeah. that needs to be made. So
0: that's, um, that actually got, sorry to, to just jump in. It got my gears turning because one of the things I've noticed is currently, like you said, it's September 7th, as we're recording this 2023. A lot of people, when computers were first coming in, were very excited about new technology. I don't know about you, but we had tapes in my home as a kid. Then we moved into CDs, and we all bought CDs, and we were freaking amped about that. You know, there were like, sort of eight write, like you know, records, uh, a record player. You know, and that organic sound of the clicks and the, ksh, you know, in the background that kind of made that beautiful noise. Well, there's a warmth to that in. too. And I mean.
1: Wait, and, and Before I'm so sorry about music with a bunch of go. people. I mean, oh my you know, gosh. Um,
0: but uh you know, there was this excitement about adopting the next technology, and we're not there anymore because we become so friggin' like habituated. Basically, we're like bored of new technology coming out because it comes out so often, everyone's like, yeah, okay, it's the next version, yeah, okay, it's the latest update, whatever, blah 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 and i feel like we've lost that that joie de vivre with new technology we've lost that kind of exploration mindset as a culture where we're almost just like bored so now we've got this like wave of new ai technology coming on and instead of being like oh my gosh it's like when the computer first came out and everyone was super amped and like yo this is cool we've got a lot of our population going yeah yeah it's another program yeah yeah it's another thing like you know and i feel like there's almost like this boredom <laughs> like
1: you know, it's 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 funny as you start heading down that in in the automation. Oh. And so, from a perspective that you know, knowing that you were going to be doing symbols uh, for today's recording,
0: we're going to part two and in, part three,
1: because like we are uh, like everything else we do, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it'll always end up being multiparted. Um, but the thing that was popping in my head the most is I read a paper last week um, about how in neural AI, you know, symbols uh, originally fell away. in when we started getting into the neural yeah. networks, the deep learning as they refer oh, to it, and it's starting to come back. The paper actually talked about where symbolism is actually becoming more important in these deep networks. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, convolutional networks. So facial recognition, those types of things. They're creating symbols from pixel the squares. Well, let's go into something that, you know, people are excited Mm -hmm. about. They love this automation and everything. What about the self-driving car from the the quack down the street named uh, Elon? There's so much study around there, and one of the things I know Volvo and BMW were working really, really hard on it was, the simple fact that, you know, and there's pictures right now of people screwing with the cars, they put a cone on the hood of the car and it can't move anywhere because it thinks that there's a person in front oh, of it. I mean, so the symbol's broken and everything. Is that a child or is that a most mailbox?
0: Well, before <laughs> I, I get into this. Um, I want to pass the mic at uh, Eric. You were going to say cool. something before we got into yeah, the Yeah,
2: because um, <clears throat> like, I love changing my mind about things. So it's so interesting.
0: Ooh, okay, yeah. It's growth.
2: It's learning. Yeah, because there's different like segments of segments of society. We can say, you know what I mean, and um, in terms of your skills and all these kind yeah. of things, and in terms of different fear about like AI and and things like that, and then like mm-hmm. real things occurring, like because um, it's so funny because literally philosophies, like so. This is so crazy. So. In, my industry, the WGA yep. and the Actors Guild are on strike right now. Yeah. Correct. And yes. one of the like like the craziest part about like renegotiating now. Renegotiating certain contracts at this time and how long yeah. they last. We we literally have to table almost every possibility what which what you could do with AI in the film industry
0: that's interesting
2: and act as a precursor and then the thing is it's so interesting because um in terms of the horsepower in terms of barney things it's a union we know how union, like unions unions mm. are it's a collective of it's a collective of people and they're trying to yeah. serve a purpose of like the people and the studios are trying yeah. to serve the the purpose of like um their commerce as well too. So there's a real boom 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 artist war. And certain yeah and certain things like yeah. in terms of other industries. Uh, I, I I I cursory think about things, but like once AI started becoming more popular like mainstream now, especially with chat GPT and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it mm-hmm. has become a part of my overall artistic thought process like period period like there's and there's no yeah. turning back from that like i can go back and forth i can yeah. have uh chat gpt even review like it's not even about it's an intelligence it's about somebody being in the other room to bounce your own idea about but when you start getting the stuff like that like here's a here's a possibility for example that we're fighting over in uh wga is that okay even with chat gpt programming Somebody that is the head of the studio that believes they have a good idea about the movie, yeah. they would rather start inputting that with Chat GPT than hire a writing staff. And then at one point, like that, that would be like their modus operandi, of course. And to me, okay. that is not even anything insidious. I think that's I think that's the part of it when people start thinking about okay, AI and stuff like that. I don't think there's some bad or like, you know, thing. nothing's insidious. It's just about being necessary and not being necessary. Because me, I've, I'm such a guerrilla filmmaker that there's people in Toronto that if I was running the film industry, there'd be so many lost yeah. jobs because I don't feel like so many things that you do are necessary. And they would look at me like, oh. They would look at, and I feel like they would look at me as like some bad guy. Cause if I had like $10 million to make a movie, I would probably hire 25% of the usual workforce that they do. So I think the only thing that is like tough in terms of upcoming technology is that it shines such a light at inefficiencies and processes that archaic ones that people built and many times like people that are in the mix of these things, they start to worry. So instead of being creative or instead of doing the knowledge or instead of seeing how they could do this, they get in some sort of fight or flight response mode where something is like activated towards them. And that's why I don't like, so that's why it's so funny that, and that's why we're trying to do this podcast because like most people are not as cerebral as you are about these things they're very simple they just want to go to work they just want to do their thing they just want to do that you know what i mean and me myself i'm not really that's not really my mindset but just because i am a filmmaker sometimes i have to serve these people i have to cross the bridge all the way over (laughs) into like what they're thinking and think like them and be like "Hmm, if i was them if i was this character like so that that's that's such an interesting thing coming now, where I'm like, I think the fear is a real response, but it's like not like the, yeah. fear, the fear is such a natural response, and also, yeah, I think there's not that much. I feel like, unfortunately, in terms of how the stru- the society structure is, people involved in the organization aren't necessarily leading the change. It's a lot of top down, top down yeah. things. There's like so much fear, like yeah man, I'm telling no. you, like, there's like such a fear, like if somebody like, okay, there's
1: a big meeting at work today. We got some changes
2: already. They're like, oh, what's up? What's up? What's up?
1: What's up? What kills me, Eric, is what you're yeah. saying is the antithesis of what's going on in engineering right now. Because if I don't take advantage of things like GitHub Copilot, ChatGPT, and everything, I fall away. I'm no longer valid internet because it picks up my pace. Now, what does it execute? Yeah. Does it give me the final piece? No, it doesn't. And everything, a lot of times the code it gives you is, to be honest with you, atrocious in some cases, but the, the problem was solved. Now it's up to you to use your expertise to refine it and make it better internet. And that's why, yeah. that's why it blows my mind on what's going on in your industry, because you're gonna be more go productive ahead, okay. if you use it,
0: and the refinement by the expert. I know, sorry, I said, yes,
1: sir. No, I said go ahead.
0: Oh, okay, awesome. No, I love what you're saying, and like at first thought, um, I always believe that. So, Eric and I are Canadians. We live in Canada. I want like an external entity to fucking audit our government and look at those jobs and be like, what is not necessary? How can we optimize this and better spend our money to allocate it to the right resources and things like that? Like, I feel like someone outside this huge, huge corporation essentially needs to audit where the spending is going and how things are modulated. But the reason why I bring this up is because it sounds a lot like your industry in a lot of ways where the people who are making decisions about which technology to use are the people who are benefiting from things that aren't necessarily running as optimally as they should be or could be. And then like, to your point, John, like the you're innovating and it, the thing about engineering is we're so much more modular, you know, it's like, Oh, there's software engineering, there's human factor engineering and stuff versus like, Oh, we're human resources. And it's like, which which type? What kind? That's like the biggest fucking. Sorry. But yeah. I think, but I you know we're doing what I'm our saying? Job.
2: Like, because it's so it, crazy know, it, it, is it's... that I look at yeah. us three in terms of like what our stems were and what we want to get into and where the world has gone. Like, we're yeah. lucky. Like, I'll tell you, I never knew people would want content or everybody wants content yeah. and, and it's all about video and, and all of this stuff. I didn't know that when I was getting into it. I feel bad because
0: Okay, pause for yeah. a second. You may be lucky, but I don't think lucky is the right word. It's kind of like saying someone's talented versus skilled. Okay. Um, a, a great friend and mentor of mine, Dr. Jim Davies, check him out. He's freaking dope. Uh, he taught me that it's more appropriate to compliment someone by telling them that they're very skilled. And talented because talented infers that you, you know, you were kind of born with it, or it was slightly easier for you. Whereas you worked your ass off, dude, you are innovative. You are creative. You seek opportunities and connections with good people. You hold your values true to your heart. Like you say lucky, I say opportunistic and you're not above putting, you know, shoes to pavement, oh, man, like you work. It's,
1: it's funny. You say it that way because in Japanese, yeah. anyway, you, when you want to compliment someone, you know, one of the jokes is when you speak Japanese and you get to Japan for the first time, you'll, you'll go to a, you know, be to market or a stall for food or something along those lines. And, a, and they'll say something like, and everything and it basically means you're oh, skilled.
2: Oh, no.
1: <laughs> they don't, they don't say you're good at something or anything, they so, actually say you're so skilled. skilled. So um, and that's the, like, I'll yeah, share
2: like, whatever, like my personal philosophy and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and um, Like, I've always thought like being lucky rather than being good. Like, for example, if I, if I was going to characterize myself, I'll be like, okay, the stuff that you guys are like, okay, like, yeah, I learned like my skills. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I did, but I can, if everybody else asked about like my personal profile, the best things about me literally just come because my parents. Anything you like about me okay. is because of how my parents were. All the bad stuff oh, is because of like what I've done. And my competency is based on skills I've acquired, based on the situation and like the blessing. Because I'm saying like I've, I, I, I've grown up with certain situations where I know guys that could drive drunk once a week, mm. every week for a year and nothing ever happened to them and somebody that drives drunk for one day, and they have a DUI and their stuff's mm-hmm. done. I've been in many a situation where I have to say, like, why not me, or why me? Or in terms of compassion for other people, because like, in terms of us having skill and like the situation, that's why I look to give back. That's, that's the part I put where I'm like, we're so blessed. That okay. We're gonna have to give our knowledge. So I feel
0: truck. like that's different. I feel like not getting hit by a truck is different oh than God. being successful <laughs> yeah. as a content and, creator.
1: And like that's I mean, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I can one up you, Eric. I mean, it, I don't have an education. I mean, I I run teams education. of a hundred people. Okay, I don't have a I don't have an academic education. I learned the old-fashioned yeah. way. I grew up in a union yeah. family. And it was about getting taken yeah. under the wing and basically just do apprenticeship after apprenticeship. So look at you, that. your
2: self-learning machine, auto, auto, autodidact. But the funny thing yeah. I want to say, like the real reason, like I, why I can always say I'm lucky because John, you know American football. See, I've always been a Patriots guy, and luck has been a, a complete factor. I not talk anymore. And all those great, <laughs> those great victories from like. We Just need to get lucky here, guys. We just need to get lucky, <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, you got to remember, I'm from Pittsburgh. You guys have hard earned, you guys are
2: <laughs> the Patriots. Um, we're lucky. we're, we're the lucky, yes, yes, lucky we do. We're, we're, we're good at won. our injuries, <laughs> that's true, and cheaters as well,
1: yeah. Oh, oh, hey, you know what. Oh, Y'all deflategate anything? <laughs> so I'm gonna stop this
0: before uh, it turns a little bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, on it. Sorry, before
2: on we keep talking, I met Kate by quote unquote happenstance.
0: Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. No. So this is actually the decision I wanted. Oh, to I talk. hated
1: Kate when I first met her. <laughs> I wanted to smack right. her. <laughs> Huh? All bubbly and cheerful and everything. And you you come in and you disrupt my little, you know, introverted team of, you know, engineers. Um,
0: moral of the story, actually, yes. Uh, Eric and I did meet on the street because, uh, you said something funny. And then I said something funny and then we were all of a sudden just joking like we were all old friends and it was the best. Um, but there is a difference between, I think, moments like that and being successful as a, a content creator. And that's kind of what I wanted to get at when I said, like, you're skilled, not talented, you know, is, yeah, there there is a certain degree of luck involved. And I'm not saying it's not real or chance isn't real because it definitely is. I mean, like, we're probability machines, 100% you as a content creator or being in your industry, sure, there may be some moments where you got to meet the right person in the right room. I don't want that to ever take away from the fact that you are a constant student of your craft. You know, you study across fields. If you're working on a project, you not only study the characters, the opposite characters, the history, like you study the culture, everything. There's so much that goes into it that um is beyond just the luck you got to make something of the opportunities it's not enough just to get them and i'm a huge proponent for the checklist in the womb theory which is that there was no checklist in the womb you did not get to pick your family you didn't get to pick your your biological sex or the color of your skin or the country you were born into you didn't get to choose any of this which means to me That's never something to judge someone by. That's that that was outside of your control. That was what you were given to start with. It wasn't your choice. Who you are and what you do with the life and the opportunities you're given. That's what defines Mm -hmm. you, who you become Mm -hmm. as a person with what you have.
1: And we're not all born on the You you just defined people as a simple like I couldn't do my like
2: I couldn't (laughs) make films without technology, like, I'm not sure if people know, but, like, before you had to buy film, before you could actually, like, to make a $200,000 movie, I have to buy, like, $100,000 worth of, like, film. Ooh, yeah. And so I've always been so much, like, even in terms of the stuff I watch and stuff like that, I always see technology in a way to, like, empower myself and, like, bring my vision, my vision that. to to life and to be able to connect with people that are not even there. But, like, I can't wait mm. to go back to numbers and data as symbols because like um, after films, so films are first made in film, like like uh, film cameras are both made on that film and it'd be a lot of transfer of light and that kind of technology onto this said film. And then you cut it and you put it on a projector and you're playing with light. In terms of new cameras and the cameras that like, not uh, this one's this one's a great camera as well too. And when you talk about 8K and 6K and that stuff, it is the ability for this lens to capture all of this data in numbers and be manipulated. So it's so funny. Yeah, what we're seeing.
0: Number, like, yeah, what we're seeing so the, what we're
2: seeing is so funny is always numbers and numbers curved. That's what shapes are. So I was gonna go back to that. I was like, yeah, we talk about symbols, but symbols, you cannot make a symbol without a shape.
0: True. Well, I mean, actually, I don't know the shape, the shape,
2: <laughs> the shape creates, uh, the symbol. We, we have to see shapes and also in negative space,
1: we need the negative space as
2: well okay. too, or else everything's a problem.
1: Seeing negative space. Yeah, the, not, look, not at you're the, look at on something, it's the look con- at Internet. The The concept of is there dark matter or there has to be dark matter mm-hmm. the cosmological constant, and all of those types yeah. of things. But you know, oddly, I just recited a bunch of stuff from Einstein, and everyone knows him from yeah. his. I don't. I don't he know what exactly that. you guys
2: use to program, but I know when you open it as blank, and you have to input things on there. You have a canvas. You have to have a canvas to 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 do these things on. It's so interesting. <laughs>
1: When I teach people, I always tell them, write your story. You know, to me, code is like poetry. I can always, when I'm, when I'm managing people, I get to know them. I can get to know them through their code. I can look at their code and I don't even have to look in version control or anything, or you ask who wrote it. I know who wrote it because they have their own style of prose in it. Um, that's what AI is kind of removing a little bit. Um, so when you do find that yeah. prose, it, it does make it, sense. Oh, it, it, it's good. Um, but when I do teach them, I tell them to write a story, let's, and, and we call those comments and those comments guide where you go. You shouldn't code first. You should write a story and tell a story.
0: Okay. First. So this has been amazing. We're going to talk about symbols, signs and systems again, because it's an innate part of artificial intelligence, design, understanding humans, talking, existing, being a entity in this universe, uh, even entities themselves. Uh, Today, we're going to wrap things up with our conversation. Are there any final notes that y'all want to add to the conversation before Uh, we say goodbye?
2: Yeah, I've been inspired for my uh, secondary clip, which I think I want to add some sort of movie reference or scene that refers to everything we've talked about in different conversations, because I have a bit of a good reference or... Uh, whatever my computer here has very good RAM, it yeah. has a good, I can yeah. get to it. So yeah. one movie that we're going to discuss is, um, cinematic genius, Darren Aronofsky's first film called Pi, which is about a guy who. Okay. <laughs> <Fantastic> movie.
0: <laughs> I know that
1: movie. I know. God, wow. Is, that, I a fitting, is that, that, that a fitting and movie, a movie for about... our
2: conversation? <laughs> okay.
1: Perfect. It I is. Can't think it is. It is battered so, a cube uh, one or the other It's
2: about technology yeah. it's about symbols and uh that was spurred on by kate and that's what i will uh attach to this episode
0: so excited john how are you doing over there
1: oh well, i've got i i want to carry this on a little bit in into some modern application mm-hmm. i touched on self-driving cars oh, yeah. uh, facial recognition stuff like that that type of The the modern use of symbols that was really inspired by that paper I read last week about applying symbols, because before I met you, I didn't even realize that one, I would use them, let alone they had another, you know, another term, Um, but since I've met you, and, and you and I have got a really unique relationship, in the fact that we work on two different sides of the mm-hmm. thing, and just happen to come together, yeah. entering and for whatever reason, you and I yeah. work that way. It's like um, when I'm having
0: a creative partner. You know, there's uh, the, the writers yeah. and the image designers. It's it's the same with us. Like I'm the designer, John's the engineer. Like two halves of the whole. Yeah.
1: It's 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 fascinating because the. Some of these classical mm-hmm. studies, I never would have explored if I hadn't yeah. met her. You know, Eric, kind of like what you're saying, you know, you're, you're dipping uh, your toes into uh, probably aspects of technology you never dreamed of dipping your toes yeah. into. And and But in the end of the oh. day, it, you know, it's all because of some type of symbolism <laughs> yeah. that was implanted in her head or propaganda, I like to call it, you know, especially course, right now helpful. with AI. It's
2: so crazy. <laughs> it's like so I know when you're on Netflix and you say, so I know, so I'm not sure if everybody, you, Uses Netflix, but many times you get to the end of a season or you get to the end of a show and it says, Are you still watching or you want next episode? I will tell you that we are not far away from just based on what you want to see. The option is going to say, Generate next episode.
1: Ooh, there's, there is actually, if you watch the new season of Black Mirror, there is actually an episode about
0: it. Amazing. So I will let y'all know, I'm also working on a short right now where I'm talking about levels of system analysis, which is kind of like a friendly accompaniment to our, this conversation and many future conversations on symbols and how we teach them to ai how we interpret them ourselves as humans and all of that good stuff from all of us here at ai impressions thank you so much for chatting with us today and we look forward to seeing you next time bye